broadcast. Dimer phones connected. Initiating broadcast signal in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, it's all about the... Booyah! What's up? It's your boy, Joe Pepe. And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakow, weighing in at 178 adamantium field pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores. You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. And to my other, other right, Devlin the Batmite. Talbert. What up, guys? What up, indeed, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order. This is the Nerd World Order broadcast, and we are going to be discussing a movie that a lot of people enjoyed, and that would be The Flash. Not The Flash, Flashpoint, which I was, yeah, I, I thought it was called that at first, but The Flash, starring Ezra Miller. We all watched it. And we are really excited to talk about this movie today. Uh, I'll start off with my initial thoughts. I'm not much of a DC fan, but I really enjoyed this movie. It had me on the edge of my seats at points. I enjoyed the acting a lot. Um, I The action was cool. Everything about this movie I enjoyed, um, except maybe one thing, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, X-Man Alfonso. What are your initial thoughts on the movie? Okay, I did I did love the movie. It was great. I had a great time with it. Um, like you said, edge of the seat. You know, there was so much action. You're looking all over the place for this and that and the other. Um, for the most part, it was it was it was a really good movie. It did have some downfalls, and definitely we'll get into that later. And Devlin, what are your initial thoughts on the movie? Um, I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I went into it kind of expecting a flashpoint movie so i had a lot of preconceptions but um overall i had a good time my kid had a good time and my wife had a good time and joe initial thoughts uh, i enjoyed the movie as well so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing some of the negativities with the movie that you guys are gonna bring upon us but i i enjoyed the movie a lot Okay, this is going to be a rare situation. However, I want to talk about the CGI and I want to bring Alfonso X-Man Flores in for a little negativity in our day. X-Man, let's talk about the CGI. So here's my theory. It's one of two things. Either when they signed the guy up to set up the CGI to remove Superman's mustache, he's like, I get an 80-year contract. And he did the CG for this. That's one theory. The other theory is Marvel's like, DC... You know what? Gather up all the animated or, uh, CG artists and let's get them together, all the good ones, and we're going to put them under retainer because we don't want DC to have anything good. And then they came out with this malarkey of some CGI for most of the movie, which, you know, it was a good movie, but it did take you away from it a little bit. Man, there are some parts where I'm like, really? Come on. You know, and then my, my favorite is like, what, a week later we get, oh, the director said it was a choice. You know, a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like they had put this movie off so many times. I assumed that they would have been able to get some decent CG, but that's what we got. Alfonso X-Men Flores. I'm willing to take the Alfonso X-Men Flores role in this case. I like the CGI because I felt like throughout the entire movie, there was sort of a distorted reality. And because of that distorted reality, you're not looking for perfect CGI. Like the director said, it was a choice. Right. Now, I understand that Warner Brothers has the worst CGI. <laughs> but in this particular case, I really felt like it fit the movie. Because like when he was running in the Speed Force, time and space would be distorted. So the CGI wouldn't be perfect. So I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I understand that point. But man... 
I would have been better. I would have felt better if it was animated, you know, because that would have been a better artistic choice because it was just, I understand tweeting a little, but it was just too far off in my opinion. I feel like Alfonso is just so impressed with uh, Across the Spider-Verse that he just wants everything to be animated now. Because that's your bar. And I understand that movie was just sick and incredible, but we can't have Across the Spider-Verse in every movie, Alfonso. I want it all. (laughs) Dev, what are your thoughts? Uh, The CGI definitely felt a little bit rushed. But like I said, my my kid and my wife, they both, you know, had a great time. There was no uh, moment where... You know, they were put off by the CGI. Um, you know, we're nerds of a different caliber. We're going to nitpick and expect a higher level of production than, say, the everyday guy or gal that's going to go see these. But I would say that many CG artists have come out and, and said, you know, we're tired of getting these time crunches. You know, they want to put out a quality work as much as we want to see a quality work. And the studios just are causing them to bid at such a low amount of time that you're getting very little work done that's to a high level of quality. I would say that of this movie, the thing that was animated the best was the dog falling down. That was it. (laughs) Everything else was okay, but that was like, oh, that looked great. Everything else was like, it's a little bit not okay. That was so good that they had to put it at the end of the movie. You know, so it's like, hey, this is our best work. Let's see it again. So, Might as well show it twice. <laughs> Joe, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the CGI didn't bug me, dude. I mean, it's, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothered um, Alfie and Dev. Because for me, it's... The story was good. If the story is good, you really don't care too much for the CGI. Now, if the story is bad, that's the first thing you're going to focus on. But I thought they did very well with the baby when he was rescuing the babies, dude. I mean, they they took that from, you know, Quicksilver and the X-Men showcasing how fast he is. And I thought that was pretty cool that the whole cinematic scene right there was pretty dope how they did it. Now, the distorted thing, like... The reason why I, I'll, I'll believe what the director said is because if the director knew from the beginning of the CGI was going to be that bad, dude, they wouldn't have put it out. So I think, you know, that kind of supports his argument of, of that's how Barry's looking at it. And he's trying to project the way the audience should see what Barry's seeing. And that not that what a director does? The director's got to paint the picture of what the artist in the movie is projecting at the same time capture what they're looking at so the so the audience can relate to what barry's going through though the whole story is it's not his future it's distorted he's got to change it and it's got to become clear which obviously the cgi is not clear so i can kind of buy it you know in that stance for the director now if the director you know did a movie again and it had the same bad cgi he's not going to get away with that but i i'll give the director the benefit of the doubt of that's what the what he was trying to go for. One thing I really loved about the CGI was when all the infinite earths or multiverses or whatever you want to call them, I think they should call them infinite earths because multiverse has already been established and DC has infinite earths. That's a little bit of an aside, but when they were showing those infinite earths or infinite multiverses, whatever you want to call it, and everyone had like a slightly different, like let's say representation, like you had the uh, the George Reeve, Chris uh, Superman, you know, he was black and white. Then you had Christopher Reeve. He was done, you know, a little bit differently. I believe they brought in Adam West. I can't remember, but, oh, and of course they had Nicolas Cage. Dang, we're going deep into spoilers, but that's okay. Um, I just thought that was really cool because each one was a little bit different. And that's why I agree with Joe and I agree with the director, because if all of those were a little bit different and represented a little bit differently, then it would make sense that that was their intention. You know, real quick, I, I think it was a good idea to do something like that, to offput it, offset it. But I liked it better the way, like, like even Multiverse of Madness did it. It's like, it's a different, slightly different slightly different everything looks different but or even with spider-verse either of them you know it's like there's a different art style to each of them you know they kind of did it a little bit with uh, i think some color schemes and everything but you know they they could have yeah 
I mean, I like the movie. I'll go with that. But uh, real quick, quick question for you guys. Did the audience seem more upset that babies were falling out of the sky or a dog? Neither. My Nobody audience, seemed to care in my theater. Yeah. Yeah. My audience sucked. I'm just going to say that. To anybody who sat in that audience with me who's not my son, y'all suck. Y'all didn't get hyped over nothing. Man, I should have been there on opening night. Okay. I think what they were really complaining about was when he put the baby in the microwave. But, you know, they explained it later. Remember when he was explaining to his other self of why he did, you know, why the deal with the microwave and stuff like that. But I'm like, come on, dude. And the co- they do stuff like that in the comics all the time, dude. I think this is a day and age of like, I get it. You don't want Ursula Miller to have success in the Flash movie. I get it. The guy's a bad person. But the overall movie was actually pretty good. And that's your argument to try to counsel the movie was that they had babies in a microwave. So it's like, come on, dude. The scene was dope, dude. I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? Ultimately, it's a it's a forecasting of the of the nurse crying because that's all the audience was was crying like that nurse, even though she got saved. And so I don't know, dude. It's just in the day and age where you got to tip your toe or everything. That's why Dave Chappelle is my hero because he can say whatever he wants and he won't get canceled. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is, it's like I didn't mind the baby in the microwave because they showed that they were saving the baby from the fire. Made sense, but when the when the baby landed. The, the microwave dinged. Now that was just a bad choice. Come on, it's like, oh, the baby's ready. <laughs> well, it was done. It was all done. That's why. Yeah, it wasn't plugged in. I was okay with it. You know, <laughs> didn't bother me at all. See, see, if we was watching the movie, if it didn't ding, Alfie would have been like, ding, because that was hundred percent, a hundred percent. He would have. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. It's all fun and games when Alfie wants to do the joke. Someone else does a joke, and all of a sudden, ah, you had me until you dinged it. Right. See? You get it. I get it. You get it. (laughs) Well, speaking of people wanting Ezra Miller to fail, a lot of people are calling this a bomb. Now, I had to do some research because I said, hold on here. Hold on here. I don't think that's true. So let me run some numbers at you guys real fast. Uh, I'll just go opening week. The top grossing DCEU movie brought in 166,000. That was Batman versus Superman. Second was Suicide Squad at 133. Man of Steel was 116,000. Wonder Woman, 103. I'm not going to stop till I get to Shazam. Justice League, 93,000. Aquaman, 67,000. Black Adam, 67,000. And this is worldwide, by the way. And rounding out the top eight, because we don't need to go to 10, Shazam at 53. Did I say thousand? I meant million. 53 million. Dang, I'm taking this stuff away. Now, check this out, gentlemen. Global first week numbers, 139,000 for The Flash. I'm calling BS. What do you guys think? It depends on how much they spent on it. To clarify, 130 something million, not thousand, million. right? Yeah, it was, okay. it was a million. Yeah, I'm not even going to okay. fix that in post. Uh, no, I, I, I want to say that a lot of people were very excited to see this movie, and at least in part because of who was portraying Batman. Absolutely, that's going to be a big draw for this movie, regardless of what's going on with Ezra Miller, regardless of you know what people are trying to say, you know, from previews or anything. You have Michael Keaton back as Batman. That's going to draw people in. Totally agree. Agree with that 100%. And how much did it cost to make? I don't know. But see, they're not saying like, oh, uh, it didn't bring in enough money. They're saying they expected it to bring in more. You know what? If I get a million dollars in my paycheck and I thought it was 1.5, I'm not complaining because it's still a million dollars. Yeah, so I... I just think this is complete BS. I feel like right now there's a campaign to derail superhero movies in general. I feel that's why uh, Black Adam 
had a strong opening weekend, but one of the things that Alfonso said, which seems to be the point that everyone brings up now, well, how much did it cost to make it? How much did it cost to market it? People were talking about that before. They were like, oh, you know what? Batman versus Superman brought in $166 million. They didn't talk anything about how much did it cost to make? How much was the marketing? What did they expect? They were just like, boom, cash dollars, and that's all they cared about. Yeah, what did 10 years of Avatar cost? Ten years to produce. What did that cost to make? No one talks about it. No one. But you know, here's the thing. You think it's it's the world against you know, like comic movies. Honestly, I think it's most people are still Marvel versus DC. So they're comparing it to what you know, uh, Cross the Spider Verse did 120.5 million opening weekend. So I think that's where people are comparing. You know, is the superhero movie uh, up to standards right now? In my opinion. I'm no doctor. Well, it it. It made 150 million on that weekend, I think, domestically. Yeah, it cost wait, 200 wait. million. So it made 139 mm-hmm. globally, mm-hmm. and it cost 200 million. Yeah, to make. nobody makes their money back the first week, like nobody. No. Yeah, I mean they'll end up making their money back, but yeah. I think it's just it's just it's just a narrative because they don't want someone like Ursa Miller to have success. You know, even though Michael Keaton is in that sucker, um, I think a lot of people don't want to watch it just because of that guy. Well, I, I want to say, too, uh, so much so was this like a known thing that more people wanted to see Michael Keaton that at the Sinopolis where I went to go see it, they had this sign up for like their specials, like for the concession stand. And they had a hand drawn image of Batman with a little, you know, a speech bubble that says, I know you came here to see me. I'm Batman. So everybody knows. Which gives me another question. But they wouldn't release uh, Batgirl, which also was a la Michael Keaton. That's just so weird. Like, I know that a lot of people say they needed to create a loss in order to make their balance sheets good for, like, buyouts and takeovers and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like... This is such an interesting interesting conundrum because it's like, okay, people went to see Michael Keaton, but the movie is breaking even, if not top two, top three movies. Um, it It just really brings up an interesting point, which is like, is this actually more of a Batman movie than a Flash movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say... It's pretty close to 50-50, right? I, I mean, you look at as soon as Batman comes on to the scene where, you know, we have old man, retired Batman cooking some pasta in the kitchen, laying down a ass whooping on, uh, on Flash and Flash. Yeah, absolutely. From that point on, it pretty much becomes a Batman movie. He not only is a master tactician, he's the master of just taking over the movie, which makes me wonder... With him being Batman in the Batgirl movie, are we just looking at something that was more petty? Because not only did they scrap it, but they full-on deleted that movie. It just felt really petty and vindictive compared to this one where we had major issues with a key uh, cast member, but we keep it. And both would have done really well if they just put them both out there. Alfonso, I'm going to let you jump in because I'm still on the fence on this one. Uh, I think everything that Dev says is definitely correct, but I was leaning more towards Flash. What do you think? Is this a Batman movie? Yeah, in my opinion, I'm going to say it's more of a Batman movie. I mean, you know, the Flash is the catalyst that gets it going. But I mean, you're dealing with three different Batman here. All right. And one of them has so much more screen time than the other. Um, The story with Batman, man, you know. Originally, I okay. This is, in my opinion, one of the better explanations of what happens when you go back in time and change things. The spaghetti explanation was on par, one of the best explanations I've ever seen or heard. You know, I know a lot of them still don't make sense. It doesn't make an entire sense, but I mean, it's a little more understandable because it's not going to be as easy as like you go here, you go there, you go back, you go back, and it's not always that easy. You know, the way he explained it, I was just like, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> You know, I'm going to jump in because you brought up the spaghetti analogy. 
the best example of time travel has to be the branches that form that they show in the TVA and Loki. That's sick. I mean, to me, it's like branches are spreading and stuff's cross crossing over and all these dimensions and multiverses are, are being created. And I just thought that spaghetti looked nasty. You know, it looked like he didn't like he used some canned sauce and it looked like he overcooked the spaghetti. And if you're going to use that for an analogy and make me zoom in and watch it, I want some good Olive Garden looking spaghetti. So I couldn't get into the spaghetti analogy um, because I think that the branches of Marvel works better. And I was distracted by the horrific look of that spaghetti. Uh, Joe, what say you? Um, I thought the spaghetti looked really good, man. I mean, when you grew up in the hood, that's what the spaghetti looks like, bro. You know, it looks exactly like that. You know, so I was just like, oh, I wonder what it tastes like. Um, I think it's a, I, I think it's still a Flash movie. I think the 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 Batman to me is more of a mentor to the Flash, and I think, and he's he's a deciding factor what changes the Flash's mind because with what he was dealing with with his parents getting murdered it's the same thing as the flash so that's something that he can look forward to and who better did it to to have to have someone know what you're going through than batman so the whole time with him going back you need batman to fill that middle to say look i know what you did you know like i would love to have my parents too but at the end of the day we are who we are and i think that's the catalyst of the, the whole flash story because you need Batman to move forward. So I don't think it's more of a Batman movie than it is a Flash movie, but I, th I think it's a Flash movie that Batman is used as a focal point to help his decision of letting him know what he shouldn't have done in the first place to go back and save his parents. Um, same thing is in, in the animated movie, The Flashpoint Paradox. You know, Batman was the focal story of that too. Like, not really the focal, but like the, the needed thing there, you know, because at the end of both those, the movie and the animated series, you still have closure for Batman and Flash at the same time. So other the, the animated one, you had him take a letter to Bruce Wayne and let him know like, hey, you know, how often do you get your dad from a different universe saying, hey, I'm proud of you? Great point. Um, I'm going to have to lean more towards uh, to Joe now that he's pointed all that out. I, I love Michael Keaton. I felt like Batman made the movie, which would lead me more to believe that it is a Batman movie. But I feel like Joe pointed out that Batman came in as a mentor and he created balance for Barry. And that's what Barry needed because their stories are very similar in the sense that uh, a parental death was the catalyst to everything else that created um, their motivation to be who they were. So um, I, I'm going to agree with Joe on this one. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take a default on that. I'm going to agree with Joe, too. You changed my mind, sir. Thank you very much. Um, two things real quick though. Spaghetti was far too important in this movie. Uh, same thing with, you know, Flash's dad going to get spaghetti sauce, right? Spaghetti, this is a spaghetti movie. That's all it is. <laughs> the other thing is, um, 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 I lost it. Devlin. <laughs> I was say, so, so counterpoint then counterpoint. All right. So the, the whole loss thing, right? We look at, uh, uh, uncle Ben, right? You take uncle Ben out of a Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man is still there. Even though it's the catalyst for him becoming, Spider-Man is still there. You take any of the great deaths from any of them, you take them out, you still have that hero as the movie, right? You take the, the, the Superman with Henry Cavill. You take the, the death of his father out. It's still a Superman movie. You take Batman out of this one, did it still work as a Flash movie? Um, I'll, I'll, kind of, I'll, I'll double down on that. Um, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan doesn't complete his journey without Scottie Pippen in the middle. Both have a common goal. Now, I don't watch Michael Jordan when he's in the Washington Wizards because we don't count that. But at the end of the day, it's it's both guys, you know, same journey. So, yeah. No, I you see know, your point. I, I, I thought about it. I remember what I was going to say. I know why the spaghetti looks so nasty to you, Dukes. It's because Alfred's dead and he doesn't, Bruce Wayne doesn't know how to cook. <laughs> that is probable. Plus, um, I stood in line one time for like four hours to get some of Eminem's mom's spaghetti when it was in Los Angeles. So I'm rather critical of my spaghetti. And uh, 
It just did not measure up. But, you know, one of the things that Joe mentioned was the Flash animated movie, Flashpoint, which is technically the only Flashpoint there is. Um, and, of course, we have the Crisis on Infinite Earth, which was the CW version. Yeah. But I'm going to open it up to Dev and ask Dev, out of the animated CW or um, this version of the Flash, what do you think? Which one's best? Animated Flashpoint, hands down, because it's almost a perfect representation of the source material. Everything else is a good alternate uh, Infinite Earth storyline from a, a different uh, timeline. But the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie is the only one that really gives like the truth in its purest form. Joe, can you do me a favor? I need a booyah for that. Booyah! That's all I need. I, I can't even... That's all I need. I agree 100%. Alfonso, Joe, you got anything to counter counterpoint that? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I completely, thoroughly agree. Uh, took Nate and Emma with me to go watch um, the Flash movie. Uh, Monday, Nate and I sat down and watched the Flashpoint Paradox. It was a little grim for him at 7, but I let him watch it anyway. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. That Superman instead of Supergirl, he was just blown away away by everything. He loved it so much. Wait, wait, that's Batman's dad, the Joker. She's laughing like that's that's Batman's mom. <laughs> it was, dude, from the eyes of children. Exactly. Uh, Joe and I saw that at Comic Con a few years ago, and I just remember walking in there, watching it, and just being like, "Whoa." The Flash is cool because I've never been a Flash fan because people look at Shazam's lightning bolt and then they go, oh, nice Flash t-shirt. And then I'm like, nah, dog, it's Shazam. So I've never been a, I've never been a fan of Flash, but that movie or that, that animated uh, movie made me a fan, Joe. Yeah, I'd have to agree that the animated one was better. I felt like if you're going to have Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot, come in and do the little cameos then you could have did the animated version of a flashpoint because mm -hmm. why have them coming in for it was cool to show that i mean you still could have had supergirl because it's you, you know they still went to go rescue superman you know but you still could have and she was dope by the way not only was she fine i mean fine but she kicked ass and she was dope she was like a dope supergirl if anything what comes back i would love to have her come back because I'm I'm a huge Supergirl fan. I think Supergirl is like probably the most underrated superhero. You know, compared you know, cousin is so strong. But I'm okay with if they bring her back and put her in future projects. Hey, I'm okay with that because I think she was like one of the one of my favorite parts of the movie because you know she was dope. But yeah, the I mean the whole arc of you know like Wonder Woman killing Aquaman's wife. They get married and they. Atlanteans against the Amazonians and they're fighting on, you know, um, on land. You know, I think that's a perfect story. Like, again, you know, this story was good. I enjoyed the movie. I'm not taking anything away from it. But Evil Barry is just pretty much CW Savitar. Or, you know, <laughs> you remember Zavitar? Um, Savitar? I think it's his name, Savitar. I don't know if you watched that, Dukes. But it was, it was, it was flashing armor that was like a, he when he broke off his speed, he was one of the replicas, and he thought it was like Barry Allen the whole time, which he wasn't. And then he got pissed off, and then he came in trying to make it miserable for the original Barry. But that's pretty much what this movie was. You had a Savitar in there <laughs> for me, but I, I would I don't understand. That's my biggest beef with DC. I don't understand why they don't take from the comics and the animated movies. And there's nothing wrong with making it a live version of that. That's why everybody likes Spider-Man. Because what does it say in the beginning? Comic books approved. I got to agree with all three of you. Um, and at, in fact, now that you guys have mentioned it, I actually have a, a Blu-ray of a Flashpoint right over my shoulder. I think I'm going to watch it tonight with my son, if not tomorrow, because I just want him to see how awesome that movie is. Speaking of awesome, um, it's pretty interesting because now that some people consider this to be a Batman movie, does this make Michael Keaton 
the best Batman of all time? Dev, I'm going to open it up to you. Uh, that's, man. All right, so if we're going live action and not including animated at all, then yeah. I mean, I, before this, I was like, oh, wow, you know, like Robert Pattinson, like he nailed it, absolutely. And I was like kind of teetering before putting it up there. But old man Bruce, like he really rounded that character out and made it his own once again. Uh, yeah, uh, it, Keaton's number one for me. Uh, Pattinson goes to number two. But if we're including animated, I, I still got to give props to Conroy. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I'm not much of a Kevin Conroy fan only because I never got into Batman, the animated series, but I definitely do respect um, what he gave to a lot of people. Uh, you have Keaton, you have Bale, you have Patterson. Um, man, I feel like Patterson came on strong. Um, but Bale's always been my favorite. Keaton? take him or leave him I, I feel like when they when he was in batman returns everybody loves the first batman but in returns i feel like he couldn't carry a script which was meh anyway um i'm gonna say pattison because pattison just did such a great job of being a different kind of bruce wayne and a younger bruce wayne and a bruce wayne that was very different so i'm gonna say pattison in this case uh let's see here joe what you got I think um, Keaton's always going to be the OG Batman. I think they send, send sent him off perfect, you know, because I think he went out in the blaze of glory, and that's that for for Batman, uh, Michael Keaton version. I'm a huge fan of Ben Affleck, like Batfleck, bro. Like I, I really like I really like his portrayal as Bruce Wayne. I like him as Batman. I think he was dope in this movie, and if they're gonna do a Batman Beyond. I think he'd be perfect because if they're going to do it in years of how they're older, I think he would be perfect because he could still fight. He's still older. He can still mentor because I think they're already going to establish the Bat family and then it's going to be Damien. So I think he would be perfect if he were to continue as Batman. But, you know, you know who knows, dude? Who knows what is going to do? I'm, again, I don't, I'm a huge fan of um, Patterson as well. I think that Batman was dope, one of my favorite Batman movies. I, I really dislike how they're they're separating the universes like that, where you're going to have your separate Batman movies, your Joker movies, and then you're going to have a, you know, the DC version of Batman and Wonder Woman. At, at, at the end of the day, I think that's too much. And I think that's why superhero movies aren't doing too well anymore, because there's so many different super movies that come out constantly. Now you're force feeding different Batmans. Oh, this, he's not the same one in this one. It's a different universe. You know, but that Batman, if they do the second one, and it's just purely detective. I still feel like that's more of a detective seven type movie than for a Batman movie. Like, I forget it's Batman. Like, when he puts it on, I'm like, oh man, this is a Batman movie. X Man. So, here's the thing when it comes to Batman and being portrayed in movies, you can't just look at Batman. There's who's a good Bruce Wayne and who's a good Batman. And oftentimes they don't really collate. Uh, Pattinson's Batman. I loved it. It was, it, it was really good. His emo Bruce Wayne was not my cup of tea at all. I was, I'm just, maybe I'm a, <laughs> aging myself, but it just, that didn't click with me. He's Batman's always, or Bruce Wayne's always been a, you know, uh, a billionaire playboy, right? And not brooding and, you know, cause he had to stay, he had to have a completely di different persona then Batman, so that way there was a big separation. So people would be like, there's no way that guy's that guy. You know? Um, Michael Keaton is always going to be my favorite. Um, but I, I Ben Affleck, I think he kind of got the short end of the stick. I think he needed to be able to have more of a stage for his Batman. He was definitely really, really good. You know, his, his Batman, his Bruce Wayne, it all worked. It all worked. But I'm more of a nostalgia guy, and Keaton does win over on that because it's like when I first saw it, I'm like, Mr. Mom is Batman? No friggin' way, dude. And then he came out, and I'm like, all right, all right, you got my money. You, you got me. I'm in, right? And I've been in since day one. You know, all these other Batmans, that's that's my basis of comparison. You know, 
as I go back, that movie was a little more campy than these, and these are definitely a lot better. But he's he won me over that one time, and he still has me. You know what I mean? But I would like to see more Ben Affleck as Batman. I kind of bummed that we're not going to. It was nice to see him in this movie. It, he worked out well. So, Keaton. Okay, okay. I, you know, I think on that one we all fell well. Okay, so I fell a little bit differently, and the rest of you guys were all aligned there, which is pretty cool. Um, but, you know, since I seem to be the person who disagrees, I'm going to throw this out there. Does any of this matter because universes are getting erased and James Gunn is coming in and, you know, oh, I'm going to just start a whole new Superman, Batman, blah, 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 blah. Does any of this really matter in the big picture? Uh, let's see here. I'm going to say... Yes, it does. Because like Joe said, you know, DC has always been really good with the elsewhere uh, comic books. So I feel like, you know, James Gunn is making his universe and obviously superhero movies cost a lot to make. But I feel like there's a, still a chance that, you know, this could be another version. Joker's another version. Um, Shazam still stays in the DCU. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like this movie does matter. But... I will say that the same thing that they said about Shazam is the same thing they're saying about the flash. No one wants to see this movie because they're looking for extended and expanded universes. And as soon as James Gunn stated that he was going to erase the chalkboard, nobody cared anymore. I don't agree with that, but that's what folks are saying. Uh, Joe. Um, Man, I think James Gunn is gonna. I mean, you look at the characters that he says coming out. I mean, there are characters if you don't read comic books, you really don't know who they are. So for me, I think the Flash ended perfectly for James. I think that's the final closing casket to Snyder's universe. And I think the way this movie ended. You know, with Aquaman there, like Aquaman's obviously gonna still gonna be a part of it. But I think with each thing that he changes, who's to say if he goes back and he fixes the camera that and it doesn't free his dad, that he doesn't come back looking like a different a different flash. Because how come you know the the uh Batman Bruce Wayne's they all keep looking different when he when he when he does a little thing that he changes, they all look different. So what's to say that with him fixing it the way it was before that he doesn't change the way he looks and then and then now you have a new flash. So I think even though even the post credit scene was uh by standards is doo-doo, but I think for what the movie was going for and this is the end for that movie, it's what more can you do to make a different credit scene than that? I'd like to publicly apologize to Joe. I watched the movie before him, but I didn't mention that the end credits was hot garbage and he shouldn't sit through all of it. So he had to sit through all of it to see that hot trash. Public apology. Sorry. Alfonso, what do you think? Does it matter? Give me, give me the question again. I'm sorry. I'm going to pose this question again because I have it written down here. <laughs> Popcast. Um, let's see here. So the question is, with all the changes that James Gunn is making, basically erasing the slate of the current DCEU and telling the world that everything that we previously saw mm -hmm. isn't going to affect everything moving forward, do you feel like this movie actually matters in the big picture? I'm going to say it does because, you know, it shows that it, things can be changed and, it, you know, gives us a, willing, a willingness to accept that change, you know, because we, we've we've been taught to accept the change in this movie. So when they go through, through and they start changing things to get their own, you know, I don't know, it's going to be a DCEU again or a DCU, whatever the universe is that they're going to be calling it. When it's there, we're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, what happened to uh, George Clooney? What happened to, you know, Ben Affleck, you know? Whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and and we we understand that things have changed, and it's all the Flash's fault. So <laughs> we're good with that. Um, it it does lead us to situations where 
we could have crossovers. I mean, you've got your Robert Pattinson Batman. You still have your Ben Affleck over there. There's why why wouldn't they be able to pop into a movie even for a scene or two with the new Batman? You know, something could happen if they go that route. You know, they can choose to go that route if they they follow like the original Marvel pattern of like you've got movie, 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 culminating into one big movie. You know, what well, it's going to be their big bad? They already did Starro. You know, they've got a few others out there. They've got quite a few others, but you know bringing all this together and then just killing off people left and right would be amazing. You know, I would love to just see, you know, Keaton's face melt away and that's it. Well, speaking of, I do have one grievance about Keaton. Why was he wearing neckerchiefs? What was he Fred from Scooby-Doo? Sorry. <laughs> but that's my opinion on that. <laughs> Answer is because he was the olds and uh, I see all of us wearing neckerchiefs within the next five to 10 years. Cause we'll be in that phase of our lives as well. The neckerchief was an homage to Alfred's styling from England. So ah, it had to say. Yeah. Gotcha. No, uh, okay. the, the, the Flash movie does matter uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, like, regardless of, you know, what James Gunn is going to be doing with his new universe, there still has to be a public confidence in DC as a whole. And if you're producing trash, it's going to lower the public confidence and it's going to be a hard start for him in his universe. But if this is good, which I think we all collectively can agree that this was wholly a good movie, that it's it's going to continue to build that confidence for the future one. Plus, uh, you know, it does set up, as we've all said, for like Elseworlds, for, for different universes to exist so it's not to say that james gunn's universe is going to be you know the sole universe regardless of what he ever may say all of the previous ones from every single franchise uh, from every single iteration before they all exist because of this one so arguably this one matters more than some of the previous movies have mattered because it says that all the other movies matter dang that was that pretty much just caps it off, dude. Uh, anyone have any additional in insights? Yes. Stop with the multiverses, the infinite earths, and the else worlds. Like, please, DC, I implore you, stop it. Marvel's doing it now. We don't need you to do it. Do something different. Marvel has already made enough characters, even though we can agree or disagree whether or not they're good and the TV series are good. They've already, they're there at the point where they could do secret wars and all that stuff. DC, you are not there with a reboot. We do not need multiverse, infinite earth, nothing. Establish the characters that you want in the next 10 years. Do not do any multiverses. Keep it slow and steady. Develop good stories, characters we care about, whether they live or they die. And don't do any more of these flashpoints. So then are you okay with them bringing back Darkseid? Yeah, I think if you're going to reboot everything, you can bring back Darkseid, which has nothing. Because, you know, even though Darkseid was in Justice League, we really, dude, I mean, I'll give it to Snyder. That when, when they redid it, dude, you're like, bro, we can't get this guy again. I would be okay with them building everything towards a Darkseid. Than any other villain, but dude, I'd be okay with Brainiac too if he, you know, like he was a big bad too. Yeah, I I like the idea of multiverses, and since we're going there, let's keep running with it. But before I do that, um, Alfonso said that Starro was a villain. Like, uh, that, come on, Alfonso, you said that with a straight face. You thought you're gonna slip that bias, like, oh, they even did Starro already, and then you just kept going, like none of us caught that. Man, <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> hey, I got a quick question for you guys. So would you, because like actors get older, all right, with the exception of Harrison Ford, apparently, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> but actors get older. So would you rather them start doing multiverse and, and uh, alternate timeline things, or would you rather them just reboot every 10 to 15 years? I'm going to have to ask you to, to say that again. Okay. So. Actors get older. They're going to age out of these roles, right? Would you, and eventually some will die. Would you rather have them just completely reboot it 10, 15 years down the line? 
Or would you rather have them like alternate timeline it so another actor can play that same character? You know, because if they want to continue with these movies, which they can, because there's always going to be an audience for it, how would you guys rather have this play out? Would you rather have it play out where it's just like, oh, well, how come his face is different? Oh, it's, you know, oh, it's just a different actor. Uh, Why is his face different? Oh, because that one died and this one came from another uh, universe. Or everything gets scrapped and they start all over again. Because, like, that's what they did with the original Superman, because you don't have Christopher Reeves being Superman anymore. So they did with the original Batman, uh, except he did come back and be Batman again. So how would you guys like that to play out? Deb, what do you think? I am fully okay with them doing a reboot, so long as it's a full and complete reboot. Um, and that it's, it's not like a retelling of stories that they've already told. It needs to be, if they're going to reboot it, that they completely reboot it. And if it's going to be something like Batman, it can't be like, like, how many damn times do I have to watch Thomas and Martha die? Like, like we get it. We know how they die. You don't have to go to that point. Um, and if you are going to go to that, yeah. And if you are going to go to that point, then, you know, make an expanded one, uh, you know, the flashpoint and have it be Bruce that dies and then just like expand on that and have that be, you know, the, the reboot that they do, but no, a, a reboot to me is the better way to go. So long as it's a complete story and character reboot, not just a actor reboot. I got two characters for you aunt viv and darren now they thought we wouldn't notice but we did and people look at the two shows the fresh prince and bewitched and that is their marker in time is that when the show got bad when they switched out aunt viv and darren Here's my thing. Nobody, nobody, but nobody wants to switch out characters. Oh, it's just a new actor. Oh, we're not supposed to notice or we're not supposed to care. Reboot it. And to Dev's point, we don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. We don't need to see the, the Wayne family die again. You know, we don't need to see Clark crash landing on Earth. Like, we don't need to see it. Just reboot like, like he, Dev brings up such a good point. You know, like, instead of going with uh you know bruce or thomas and martha wayne that dies let's have bruce die or or something where there are so many different versions of these comic books we can do whatever we want with a reboot and we don't need to like oh look he looks so similar nobody will ever notice and they'll take him as bruce wayne no they won't not viv no they won't joe um j-lo shakira Salma Hayek, all over 50, Alfie, and they're so fine. You don't know how old they are. No one cares, Alfie. Like Malcolm Keaton, how old he is, bro. You put on a Batman suit, all all it is is a stuntman doing stunts, bro. So, I mean, I don't really think you need reboot. You know, Joe, I'm going to have to agree with you on that in that there are a lot of actors and actresses that are timeless and because they are timeless, I'm not talking like JLo, Selma Hayek or the third one you mentioned who I immediately erased from my mind. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of actors and actresses who are timeless. And like, you know, if, if you were to take the Michael Keaton Batman and just let him roll into um, like let's say Batman beyond where that story keeps growing, but it's a progression as opposed to reboot, um, that would be really cool. Uh, but what else were you saying there, Joe? Yeah, I, I just think like how, how many reboots that they did were any good. I mean, they do reboots all the time, and it's not it's not good at all. Spider Man. Yeah, but was it though? I mean, how much of the Spider Man was good? Take away Far From Home. Were you saying that before you saw Far From Home? Yes. No, no, you weren't, dude. Nobody was. No one was really talking about it until Far From Home. Far From Home, it still doesn't solidify that it's the best trilogy. No way home. Well, that shows you how much I care about the titles. Wait, is it Homeboys? No. You know, who cares about the titles? No Way Home, Far From Home. Who cares? Home Alone. Has he even gone home yet? <laughs> you know what I mean? He did go home, and then Aunt May died. Yeah. So, I mean, the reboot, I mean, so you reboot this Spider-Man. 
but we're talking about you know like Miles Morales as Spider Man that's going to be the best trilogy than the one that you're talking about. So that's not a reboot. Yeah, you're right. It's I mean that's kind of like that um, Batman Beyond scenario. You know, you got somebody passing the mantle, and you know you can easily do that with a lot of things. But you're going to get to a point to where like wow, we have so many more Batman Spider Man stories in our pocket that we could use that are already written. We just got to re- redo them for movies that are great stories, but. Yeah, just can't retell the same story over and over. But no, I, I get your point, Joe. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, Heath Ledger, best Joker out there, died. It sucks. But we can't we can't carry on with him anymore. You can't just throw somebody else in his mask. You know, they had to reboot it. You know, it, it's it, it's tough because we want what we want. And, like, we can settle for, like, people into their, you know, later years. I mean, like, I'm almost 50 now. I don't look like I'm almost 50. You know, there's people nowadays are looking a lot younger. I, I saw some pictures from the past of parents, grandparents, you know, they're in their twenties. I'm like, man, what'd they do? Were they smoking all the time? Because they look old, you know, it is, <laughs> you know, I think you guys have brought some interesting points up and like, honestly, um, I don't know. I, I'm good with both, whether it be reboot or sequential story, because I feel like there's, there's so many options with comic book movies and, you know, stuff like that, but please no more Darren's no more aunt Viv's just keep it the same. Oh, I'm sorry. Aunt Viv died and uncle Phil got married over the, over the hiatus. You know, we could have done that. Um, you know, guys, we've really covered a lot today. Um, and I feel like as far as this movie goes, people are calling it a bomb, but all four of us loved it. Um, and people are saying, is it going to matter? But, you know, I'll say that every time, you know, like you guys said, every time a movie franchise starts again, nobody says like, oh, well, you know, this movie doesn't matter because, oh, well, Christian Bale isn't Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton isn't George Clooney. People just enjoy the movie. So, you know, I just enjoy this movie for what it was overall. This concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. So until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds redefined. Booyah!